Welcome to Energy Matters, where we explore alternative health in the Pioneer Valley. I'm your host, Caroline Rutterman, and I'm a Reiki professional and intuitive in Northampton, Massachusetts. For the past nine years, I've been teaching people how to use their intuition and helping them reduce stress and anxiety. Together, we'll talk with other practitioners and learn how they bring health and healing to the Pioneer Valley. Let's do this. Hey, welcome, welcome, everyone. You are listening to Energy Matters, and I am your host, Caroline Rutterman, and we have a great show here for you today. We are here with Raina Goldberg. Um, So welcome, Raina. Hi, great Hello. to be here, Carolyn. Great to be here. <laughs> um, so happy to have you. Uh, so tell me, so you you are an intuitive coach, and you are over at Sun Studios doing the self care Tuesdays, and um, and you have you have all kinds of very cool stuff going on that I'm really really excited to kind of delve in today through Energy Matters through our show today. Um, so. Just for the the listening audience, um, Self Care Tuesdays is a uh, a six or ten week class. So it's a series uh, where on Tuesday mornings a group of people get together, and it's really, really all. It's a very individual way to calm your nervous system down, get centered, take care of yourself, and just have a little bit of like cozy time. And and Raina hosts this, and so I had taken this uh, this ten week course that just just finished up. Um, and it was it was pretty magical. It was a pretty magical time to sit in a room with other people doing this work together. Um, and so I'd like, can you? T- I guess I kind of gave a little description, but um, how do you how do you describe what Self Care Tuesdays is is all about? Mm, thanks. And it was so fun, so fun to have you in the class. Loved it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that was really really nice. Um, so. I guess I would say that we are in a, at a time in our culture where there's so much isolation and there um, is so much anxiety and so much depression. And so a way in which people can gather safely, you know, there isn't a lot of venues um, in this day and age con- considering what's happening in some areas. And so one way uh, that I thought would be nice to bring people together would be to call it Self-Care Tuesdays where people come and they get to be very individual, and but they get to be in community. And so there's a way in which we regulate each other when we're in community just by being in the presence of another nervous system, another being, another person. And so... I invite people to come in wherever they are at in their life, where, however their weather is internally, however they're feeling, um, just inviting all of that in. So they come and they find a place in the class that feels good to them. And then we go on a journey together and there is different information that I bring from the different modalities. There's different exercises that we do together, um, a lot um, in calming the nervous system, and really bringing us into the body because we're so much into our head. Mm. So um, it gives a little flavor. And I think it's really interesting when you talk about being an individual in community because I, I find that for me, when I, I my anxiety tends to come out in social situations. So I get very focused on other people when I'm in a group. And so not that I completely lose my sense of uh, individuality, but I tend to be just more focused on others instead of 
as uh, you know my myself and I, I like that idea of of creating that individual in a group right and, and I mean the one thing is that we all are coming in with a wealth of knowledge my belief is that we have everything we need to know in us and so how do we access that when our mind is going and we are going and we're watching the news or whatever we're doing we're really not accessing ourselves and 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 so this self-care Tuesday is just a way to tune in to them to yourself for an hour and um, access your own wisdom your own guidance your own knowing listen to the body what's the body saying I've got a pain here and there well if we take a moment just to say hi I'm, I'm right here I'm giving you attention I'm giving you my presence the body rarely gets that because we're so focused like you said on the outside outside of ourselves you know we all do that and so how do we bring ourselves back in and then thus learn to have a relationship that builds as really strong uh, within ourselves to hear what the body has to say. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the um, the activities that you do for the during the self care Tuesdays? What what mm. classes kind of look like? Great. So often people are coming in and who knows what they've come from, and so in all different states of mind and emotions, um, they come in and physical well being. And so the first thing I like to do is just welcome and greet people. It, that's a way of like, you know, they say for teachers to stand outside the classrooms and really greet their students and what it does to be seen. Like if greeting every person in the eyes, giving eye contact and giving them a f- your full attention and presence is in itself is healing in whatever we do, whether it's the office or the school or classes. And so try to do that Um and then invite people to find a place and just lie down or sit in whatever position is most comfortable and go in. And as we're waiting for others to come in, it's an opportunity to actually just relax, go in, surrender to the moment. And then I bring them through a guided visualization or meditation of whatever I'm feeling because I sort of tune in and tap into what is being presented energetically through my guides guidance system and and so I feel what's being called for and then allow that to speak through me and often we'll come out and people say you know because we'll just um, have a little um, sharing of what happened and what's arising for people or what they want to share and some people will say oh and when you said this or when that happens and sometimes I don't remember what that is but and then it allows people to get into their own wisdom. So it's actually time to settle in to themselves. So that's something that I like to start. And then we can jump into all different activities, depending on why it's, you know, clearing our primal brain system, that sort of languaging comes from someone in the area called, um, um, a teacher called Gabriele Lachiara. And so she works with that. And then there's, you know, Tara Brock, who also works with the different processes. So it's essentially how to get into our nervous system and calm ourselves down and doing some brain gym and to organize our mind and doing some tapping and some Qigong and um, shaking and um, all types of different, there's, there's an endless sort of a, 
repertoire, but those are some of the ones that popped to mind. Yeah, there there's definitely moments where I feel like it felt like an adult kindergarten class and not in a not in a corny way, but in a way where we're everybody's it's like stand up and we'll do these activities and it they're all focused on, like you said, kind of tapping into the nervous system. And it some of them I found to be very playful and we all I mean I would look around the room and everybody would be smiling and kind of matching their movements and um, yeah it was it was a really cool environment and I'd never been part of something like that before. Thank you and that's the the thing that I I've did so many different shamanic practices studies um and some of them are really, they brought you really down, brought me into the depths and the pain and the, all of that. Um, and I, w- I was looking for a way in which it could also be fun and light, but deep. You know, there's a way in which healing can happen in a second and magic can happen in a second. And it doesn't have to be um, like scraping the bottom of our soup pot within ourselves and and resurfacing all the the gunk you know the gunk comes up and it releases and it can be uncomfortable for a moment but it doesn't have to so all to say that I believe in a lot of fun and joy and ease and and while being effective and deep and not being afraid to go into whatever we need to go into yeah what was the motivation to start organizing these self-care Tuesdays? Oh, well, uh, I'm thankful to Shelley, who works at Cooley Dickinson Bereavement. And um, it's a free program, actually. Let me just say it so people have this. It's, she's the, Shelley uh, Lynn is the bereavement coordinator of Cooley Dickinson VNA and hospice. And it's a beautiful program. And so my mom passed away about two, almost two years ago from pancreatic cancer. And it was very quick and I didn't know where to go to and I found out about this bereavement group. And so it was super helpful. And through that, you know, I let Shelly know that I had these tools and she asked me to put together a little workshop and I did, and that was the start. And so now I'm working with her, and when she has these bereavement groups, I come in as part of the program and teach self-care. And That's lovely. to help move the grief, I mean, we'll, uh, we'll go in there, and the energy will just be sort of really, really somber, of course. And just reminding people that they can have joy even in the grief and they can move energy, and they can have tools to work through some paralyzing feelings that can come up during this time. So that's really how it came up. And then I was talking to my friend Arden about it, and she said, well, what about offering a class at the studio? And I said, that would be a great idea. And that's Arden Sundari of Sun Studios in Florence. Yes, it's a fantastic studio, and they've been so um, generous and, and supportive and have a lot of good things going on in that studio, too. Including you. Yes. And there's, <laughs> you know, there's Beth Dennison, who does the uh, regulation and nervous system work, and there's um, Shake Your Soul Haley that does some dancing around, and Jean, who does Pilates, and there's Feldenkrais. There's just a lot, a lot there. And Very cool. Arden, of course, who does all the... Yoga, absolutely, yeah. Um, so, so, so Arden invited you in to kind of do an extension program of the bereavement group 
uh, workshops that you were doing from Cooley Dickinson. Right. So then I sort of made it into a sort of self-care. And, you know, of course, it works for bereavement also, but that wasn't the focus in that moment, but it also accesses that. So it's essentially a way of offering some education about the brain and the nervous system and the vagal nerve and just like the limbic system and how we can get caught into the moment and really attach to what we think is real, whatever's happening in the moment. And I like to call it the weather system, whether we're angry or we're happy or we're sad or whatever it is, it's sort of temporary. Everything changes and um, we can get triggered and we can um, get untriggered, we can move straight, uh, move states. And so a lot of what I like to do in the self-care Tuesdays is just to educate people about their own body, about their own nervous system, about ways to move in and out of states and, and getting practice in community. And it's amazing because people can, they don't know each other. They learn to just be safe and learn to be as a community, but they're doing their own. Everyone's doing their own thing. I wrote down, you know, beating to their own drum. It's sort of like, how do we get, how can we encourage being our individual selves and be in an environment that is non-judgmental and dare to be ourselves and dare to be different in community with others? And so we're not being ostracized. Um, for being different. We're actually, it's a conducive community for that. And so that's some of what I'm really encouraging for Self-Care Tuesdays. Mm, that's really neat. And, you know, I, I remember you, you throughout the um, the 10 weeks, you really did um, send us a lot of information about the, the vagus nerve. Um, how, and it really kind of felt like so much of that education that you were doing was really allowing us to uh, not just give us the tools, but to have this sort of uh, cognitive understanding of what is happening inside of us from a biological and a scientific point of view. Can you tell us a little bit about what is the vagus nerve and um, how it impacts us? I know it's a huge topic, but maybe kind of give people um, who are listening just a brief overview about what what that is and, you know, how how you kind of weave that in. Sure. I mean, it's such a complex system and there's so many great, I wish I had the name of that video that I sent after the class because I think it was in, you know, 10 minutes. It's just, you know, he's able, that's Stephen Porges, uh, Porges, sorry, um, who describes the system. But essentially, it's sort of a, a nerve in our body that starts from our cranium and goes all the way down to our feet. And it, it goes in all of our centers and especially in around our chakras. So around our heart, around our belly, around our chakras. And so we have all this, these nerves and the vagus nerve it's just in the simplest form of the little i know because it's a big subject is it can either bring you to health and vitality or it can bring you to dis-ease you know we can be in the state of like this fight flight freeze all the time and we can be in this rest and digest um way and so even two ways that I know that we can activate and strengthen our vagus nerve is to actually take deep breaths. I think it's one of the only ways we can have an effect on our vagus nerve is just take deep breaths into our belly. So maybe maybe we can do a few deep breaths um, together. If, if mm-hmm. anyone out there is, is it safe to do if people are driving or should, they, should people kind of pull over? I think it's fine to do... Um, 
while they're driving just to stay alert with their eyes open, you know? Okay, so keep your eyes open. <laughs> Hands on the wheel, yeah. eyes open. Yes, we, I often tell people <laughs> who are listening on Fridays while they're driving, just please keep your eyes open during any of these exercises. Um, but would you be willing to um, to guide us yeah. through a couple of um, uh, deep breaths so that we can sure. collectively calm our vagus nerve or strengthen our vagus nerve? Yeah, great. I mean, I like to... Um, yeah, just take some nice deep breaths. And you can put a hand on your belly. And you can just feel how your belly inflates on your inhale. And then shrinks and deflates on your exhale. And just being fascinated with that. I just invite us all to be fascinated with our breath. And how we can just fill up our whole cavity, our torso, our diaphragm. And then how we can just release that all. And I encourage us to take some nice deep breaths in and make the exhale longer. Sometimes I like to even count to four on the inhale. And five on the exhale. Or whatever number feels. And just in taking a few breaths, and maybe allowing the tension in your jaw to release, in your face, your tongue, letting your whole body sort of drop. Letting her whole body sort of just melt into either the chair or the floor or into your feet if you're standing. And just getting into the body. And I'll add even just adding a smile to your face. Just even lifting the corners of your mouth can actually give chemical reactions and signals to your brain signals to your brain that produce chemical reactions to allow more oxytocin and happy hormones to be produced. And this all can take one minute, 30 seconds, mm. you know, and, and feeling, excuse me, feeling our feet on the ground. And I don't know about you, but I sure feel a lot calmer. I do too. <laughs> my, I do too. My speech is slower. Yeah. You know, I notice like one of the things I love to practice is just mindfulness. My my I have my masters in education and mindfulness studies and my practice has just been to witness and my practice is try to witness myself what I do, what I say, what happens with with compassion, with self-love, with um being as non-judgmental as judgmental as I can and then when my limbic system gets uh, sort of active, that's our fight, flight, freeze, and our emotional response um, to anxiety. And I try to just remember to take some deep breaths. Mm. And that can bring me right down in a matter of seconds. I love it. You were just starting to talk a little bit about, um, and, and Raina, if you're just tuning in, um, is an intuitive coach as well as the host of um, Self Care Tuesdays at Sun Studio in Florence. And um, 
you know, you were you were just talking about how you have um, you have a master's in mindfulness, but on the flip side of that, you have also studied with indigenous cultures, and that that is such an interesting contrast to study mindfulness in an academic setting. And you know, which is was John uh, John's what, Kabat-Zinn? John Kabat-Zinn really yeah. you know kind of focused on a lot of that early training through Harvard and UMass and everything, yeah. and then uh, and then having uh, the indigenous cultures be bringing just their techniques from generation after generation. Um, that tell me about that contrast in, in learning style. Mm. Right. Yes. Because it's the same topic essentially. It's the same to- right. It all folds into its together all of it yeah like and and what I do what I do in the world all folds in from together from all these experiences and just really briefly going back I realized I started meditating when I was a young child I would I love frogs and so when we went to the cottage I would get a bunch of frogs and I put them on different parts of my body and I would sit still cross-legged for hours wow Amazing. <laughs> Just hanging with these frogs. They didn't jump away. It. No. They so loved now your shakti. As an adult, sometimes I, I try to catch a frog, but I don't dare. You know, I'm like, how did I do that <laughs> as a kid? <laughs> So uh, there was some, I think I came in with just an affinity for our meditation and mindfulness. And then I was just blessed to have these unique experience where I got to be one of the only um, non-indigenous peoples and, and a Caucasian person, a person not of color, to go into these different communities in, in northern Canada and in... Um, Tibet and in New Zealand Whoa. with the Maoris on the Marais. Like for months, I got to be living in these um, communities. That's amazing. And just and in Mexico. And so just feeling it was an incredible experience to be um, a minority and to f- just really feel that in my body and to be imbued with the wisdom of these different cultures and it was incredible not always easy and incredible and I think just being in that presence there was so much presence and authenticity and we would sit in circles it was so much about community and sitting in circles and not just speaking for whatever reason it was actually speaking only speaking what came from the heart so there was a lot of pauses a lot of silence a lot of time just allowing oneself to go into the body get present and go into the our hearts which is a place sometimes we don't go into and that's true um, speaking from there and that's what and just it's so hard to express and share um, the incredible um, value and gifts that I got from being immersed in these and welcomed in these different communities just as who I am and just to be who I am and to get to be in with their culture. Did you have translators when you were studying in or living among these these different indigenous groups? Well, most of them 
Well, let's see. In uh, in New Zealand and in Canada, they spoke English. Mm-hmm. I did have a translator in um, Tibet, and I did have a translator in Spanish, and it really um, encouraged me to learn Spanish. So, it, you know, when I would go back every year for some time, then I, I learned how to communicate eventually. <laughs> That's It's practical. But, you know, so much is just... There's not language really needed for a lot of it. You know, like especially in Tibet, just to feel that energy created by presence. Mm. Just by presence. Healing happens just by being present with another or with ourselves and the wisdom and just the being in in mindful prayer. And when you say that healing happens in presence, does that mean that when you're present with yourself does that mean presence with another person uh what what is what does being in presence mean to you how do you understand that right well good question like in this moment i completely feel you being present with me here we are sitting in a room and eye to eye talking and i can feel you listening i can you know we're very intuitive we pick things up you know and so if you were busy thinking about something else or or wondering whatever it was but just Actually being with somebody, just being with them, whatever they're doing, not trying to fix them, not trying to change them, not trying to make anything happen, but actually just sitting, whether sitting in silence or sitting while somebody is crying or sitting while somebody is laughing and smiling with them or laughing with them. I think just the the gift of being, allowing oneself to just be and allowing somebody else to just be whoever they are, however they are, with compassion and love and as much non-judgmentalism as possible is more than most get. I know, you make it sound so easy, Raina. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, just sitting there with compassion. I'm like, oh, sitting in silence with another person, it's okay if they're talking, it's okay if I'm talking, but in silence, sometimes that's when I start losing it a little bit right right and that's where we get into the practices of okay how can we be okay with ourselves how can we be okay with that so then just going into getting fascinated fascinating with our breath breathing Mm. or fascinated with sensations that we're feeling you know all the mindfulness tools and anchors of getting fascinated with the sounds we hear or with the sensations or with our feet or you know whatever it might be sites amazing I love that so so when you were when you were studying um, with these indigenous cultures how how did that contrast with the the academic style learning of mindfulness mm, right because your, your actual training from back in the day is through education right and so you're you're uh, you know I, all teachers are really like deep learners. I know that to be true. I have so many friends and, you know, family members who are teachers, but I, um, yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to hear how, how that contrasted in, uh, in a more traditional school setting. Yeah. Great. Um, so I ended up going to Antioch University in Keene, New Hampshire. And what I love about that university is they, allow people to make their own program so at that time there was no mindfulness program there was a master's in education and I met with an advisor Susan who was great and she really heard me that my interest 
you know, through my experience with the indigenous communities and as a little girl and just in my whole life is really mindfulness and meditation and how can I make that work to get a master's because there wasn't anything and she yeah she worked with me to individualize a program and I got it was very experiential so I got to get have some of the in-class academia but Antioch is a very uh, liberal um, progressive university so the academia felt probably different than it might have in other academia settings. I felt it was pretty fluid for me. Um, But it's different because it's in the classroom. It's not living it. Like in the indigenous cultures in circle, when we would sit in circle or whatever we were doing or sit with the elders and do crafts and just be present with one another, there's so much just being present. And so there was some of that in Antioch, but it was very, very different. And so luckily I got to have a lot of my experiential coursework in the schools. So I got, got to go into different schools and inner city schools especially, which is my interest, and bring mindfulness in and tools in to help with that, the trauma that, you know. That poverty creates. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about what, what, did, what kind of programs did you bring into the inner cities for, for mindfulness? Right. Well, a lot of sort of a lot of what I do um, with the self-care, I applied in the schools with my students. So I would lead them through different meditations and visualization and teach them about themselves and their brain and um, help just create um, create space where they felt accepted and safe and to be who they were and to share themselves and to go deep and to ask questions and to be curious and how to um, sort of help shift themselves out of their trigger response or trauma response they might be having through breath or through some um, pressure points underneath the ears to clear the primal brain or some brain jam or some shaking and moving um, how did how did they respond to those kind they of exercises? They loved it. Really, they loved it. Well, what age was it? Because I feel like High different. School. Oh, whoa! Yeah, because those are the kids that you have to be very real with. Yeah, yeah because that's a, that's they thing. smell. They have like teenagers have a BS detector like nobody else. Yeah. And um, so th- so you're teaching high school inner city high school kids how to like basically tap into their nervous system. Right. right. And they finally have an adult who's really listening and really interested in them and not trying to like put, like I offer things, but I never push anything on them. And so they're like, wow. I, I explain like, oh, okay, so you know when your face gets red, you get angry or triggered and your face gets red. And and then what else happens? And my 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 fists clench and then my stomach tightens. And then, and then I just want to like turn the the table upside down and it's like okay so what's happening and I explain like so it's sort of they're fascinated at that age about learning about themselves their bodies the hormones the chemicals the brain okay it's going to take 20 minutes for the adrenaline to go through your system you might feel tired at the end of it know what to expect and when that's done this is something else you can do and and so I mean living in so much um Living in some of those conditions are really, really challenging, and all the triggers and the traumas and the safety issues um, 
they were just so receptive of having some tools to work with all of that. You know, not everybody. Some people were like, this is really weird, and I'm out of here, and that's <laughs> yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> but the kids that wanted it and needed it yeah. and were receptive to it at that moment had it available. Right, right. And I think more than that, I just, I think with everybody I work with, whether it's the class or my individual sessions or in the schools, it's like, how can I help people feel safe and just and accepted in being who they are and look into my eyes and see my compassion and my, my real truth of like caring and that they don't have to be anything other and I don't have an agenda for them and they get to just be and that often opens people up to their own magic and feelings and emotions and expressions and communications because and somebody's there to listen. Totally. And if that's the ma magical bubble that people are walking into your energy field feeling, people don't maybe consciously know it, but they feel like you're not being, judging them and that you're listening and that you're staying present. And that, you know, if you're kind of setting that intention for the people in the same room as you to experience that, then that's kind of what starts to shift and happen for people. It's, it's really powerful. Thank you. It's the unseen. It's very subtle, you know. Nobody might understand or know what's happening. They just know they feel better at the end. It's no big, there's no big like, ha, bang. I mean, sometimes there's things that happen. Yeah, those big eureka you know, moments. Big eureka moments, but really, it's subtle. It's, and, and it's sort of, um, what do you call it, when it's just underneath, you know, it's uh, unseen. Like, there's just a, a lot of unseen shifting and movement. And I, like a dog with a bone, believe in people believe in the goodness of people and believe that people like don't most most people if they're healthy don't mean to harm but we're all messy and things happen and we get triggers and we have all these little buttons on our on our bodies that get pushed sometimes but really it's like it, we, we had somebody in our self-class care Tuesday say, you know, assume love. Mm. You know, just, uh, oh, yeah, Erica from, um, from the Couple Center, which oh, right. is an amazing resource in town. But they um, just assume love. And so and I believe in people so much, even when they're acting out. I see to their gold. I see to the diamond in the rough. I see it when even when they can't see it or don't believe it or even revolt against somebody seeing it. And over time it softens and and they can't help but start to believe it themselves. And so that's a big sort of silent practice of just loving somebody mm. by not doing anything but just holding the best of them in in me. When those that's the that's the filter you're looking through, right, right. I love that. I love that. Um, so we're going to take a, another short break. Um, we're going to listen to if you're just tuning in. Uh, we're chatting. Um, uh, well, you're listening to Energy Matters on Valley Free Radio, and we're chatting with Raina Goldberg. Um, and if you are just tuning in. Um, just knowing that you can always check out her uh, website at reinashines.com, which is R-E-I-N-A-S-H-I-N-E-S.com. So reinashines.com. Tell us a little bit about, so the other side of the work that you do is the intuitive coaching. Mm -hmm. um, can you tell us what, what is intuitive coaching? Right, right. So for me, intuitive coaching is um, 
really listening, really, really listening to the person that I'm with, whether it's an individual, a couple, a family. I just, I listen and I watch, I witness, I take in, and I, I really um, allow information to come in, come, come through me, and sometimes it just comes in words or little hunches or a picture or whatever way it comes in and sort of then I offer that to whoever I'm with and and see where that takes us or I might um but but going back so intuitive coaching is is just I guess the intuitive part is just allowing um all levels you know all seen and unseen information to come in and be utilized and the coaching is really allowing uh, or creating space and flow and direction for the person or persons I'm with to move along the path of their own destiny, destiny that they want to move towards. And so when I say listening, it's really hearing from them what what's going on or what's happening you know for example I had I was telling you I had a client come in and was having health issues like a healing crisis all the time and really wanted to get well and not have this and so a lot of it was just sort of going into the body and listening and feeling the discomfort and the sensation and and listening into like what is that part of the body trying to say what's being communicated what does it need to hear to say to share um, what tools does that individual need to help move with that and then um sort of working with individuals or people to tune into themselves to see what they need to do for themselves and to rely on that the wisdom and the information is inside. And I hold space and I might point things out and I might offer offerings. And it's largely guided by what I'm hearing or seeing, whether it's on the subtle level or what's coming through through me. So hard to describe, so I don't know. <laughs> No, I think you're describing it pretty well. I, th I think that, um, so it's almost kind of like you're channeling information and because you're witnessing and listening, you're listening with your uh, your whole body. You're listening with your eyes and your ears and the kind of things that you're sensing it, the other person is, is expressing. Right, right. And believing in the person so much. Just like you know what you what what what's your dream? Where do you want to go? What do you want to manifest? And really cultivating with them self love and self compassion. With self love and self compassion, I believe we can do anything we want to do. It's that there's so much self hatred and self battery and fighting against that which is. So when we don't feel well, we fight against it. We say horrible things about ourselves. We're not taking care, good enough care about ourselves or whatever it is. And so how can we really just be um, with so really coaching people to be with what is in the present moment with compassion with self-love with respect with curiosity you know so um and that's that goes against yeah. maybe 40 50 25 years how many ever years of uh doing the opposite of that right so that can be a little bit to unwind for folks or alongside folks right 
Right. Absolutely. And it takes, and the trauma, you know, traumas that come up. And so then in sessions, it's sort of in that listening, then accessing the different tools that some are from um, my studies with the, you know, being immersed in the indigenous cultures that I use the different shamanic practices or the energy medicine or some, um, you know, like Tara, Tara, listening to Tara Brock, I always encourage people to do. And she has a new uh, tarabrock.com for self-compassion, you know, and she has a whole RAIN procedure about recognizing and, you know, allowing and inquiring and um, nourishing, you know. So that's, you know, all the different teachers and teachings. And then there's neural organization technique where we work with the, the bodies. And then there's a different body of work called Infinity Heal where there's I think that was from also from partly access consciousness of the questions like forming the questions and then the different um, questions that were channeled by Kwan Yin through Gabrielli of getting curious about what's possible and um, what's right about whatever the situation is and just all the variety and, and then Qigong moving and applied kinesiology to get into the body so there's a whole bunch of different tools in a toolbox that can be applied and at that time cool and so are the sessions typically your uh, intuitive coaching sessions are they typically done in person yeah they're done in person or on the phone or skype you know i do i do all of those um because energy can be you know energy is limited by location and so we can do just as profound work by um phone or by skype as we can in person and it's, it's sort of it's a hard thing to to explain the sessions because it's uh, it's there's so much involved but it's essentially helping somebody map out their own course believing in themselves t- tapping into their own deep knowledge and wisdom and passion and uh, identifying tools that would would be helpful for them to um, stay in a state of compassion self-love vitality health ease, peace, and when they go through the rough times and triggers and traumas, having a safe place to come to and having tools to use. It almost it almost sounds like it's the kind of uh, one-on-one version of the self-care Tuesdays. Right, right. And, and a lot deeper and in more depth. And um, transformation is is incredible like what you know so how it looks is like part of the time we sit and talk and share and a lot can come up through just like that and questions and and deepening and following the trails and following what what's coming up and you know clearing points of view and then going back at it and um allowing tears allowing emotions allowing anger allowing all of that essentially nothing really surprises me i've seen most of most of i mean i'm sure there's lots more i can see but i've just seen a lot i've in in my five decades i've just seen a lot done a lot experienced a lot and and nothing really surprises me or i don't really have a point of view or judgment about a lot of it and um it's just part of the flow right and so just allowing that flow and then getting on the table for a good portion of it and letting the body talk so like moving away from the mind and I don't even ask them the questions I say but I allow their bodies to answer 
through applied kinesiology and the body talk. The body is so wise. Everything anybody needs to know is in the body. It's just learning how to access it and then following what the body wants, what the body needs, and thus healing happens. Fabulous. So um, we, if you're just tuning in, we're, we're kind of towards the end of our hour together. Um, we have been chatting today with Raina Goldberg, um, who is the intuitive coach, as well as the host of Self-Care Tuesdays at Sun Studios in Florence. Um, Raina, how can, how can people find you? How can they learn more about um, the intuitive coaching and, and the classes that you offer? Um, what's, what's the best way to, to, to find you out in the world? Well, right now, the best way would be to go get onto my uh, website, which, like you said, was Raina, is RainaShines.com, R-E-I-N-A, Shines.com. And there's a, an, a place where contact, um, and you can do lots of reading on the website to see what, what is offered and lots isn't on there yet. Um, and then go to contact and just put, you know, they can give their name and number and what they're interested in, and I'll, I will get back to them. Um, by email, by phone, and I have flyers around town. Sunsu Studio is another place. You know, I'm having another six-week class on Self-Care Tuesdays come start around January 21st and uh, or whatever that Tuesday is. Um, yeah, I think that's the the best way that's and best also way, yeah. for people who are interested and curious and just want to talk for 15 minutes I offer just free consultation and communication and just uh, offer my presence for 15 minutes to see what people might have to say or might be curious about and uh, so if anybody's interested in that just contact me through the website and I'm, I'm happy to do that. Fabulous. Um, well, and do you have any any last words of wisdom that you would like to throw out into the universe that you feel like people should know? I would say just to know that you're okay just as you are. And there's really nothing wrong with you. That is a good message around the holidays when we go home and we start hanging out with our mothers. <laughs> right, right. And that everything is okay. Everything, Just kidding. There's great mothers right. out there too. Everything is divinely planned, you know, I believe. And so when things get stressful around the holiday time, take some deep breaths, listen to a podcast or to Tara Brock, um, you know, the compa about radical compassion and rain and uh, find out, um, just tap into yourself, smile, believe in yourself, know it will pass and uh, try to have fun, listen to some good music and move around, call a good friend. That's right. <laughs> Eat something you love, mm. take a warm bath, just be good to yourself. I love I it. Yeah. I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Raina. And um, just throwing that out there one more time, um, if you do have more, um, if you do have questions for Raina, or if you just want to find out more information, you can go onto her website. So that's RainaShines.com, R-E-I-N-A shines.com um so um 
And then if you have, if you want to come back and listen to this episode or any other episode of Energy Matters that's aired in the past, you can always go onto my website, which is reikinorthampton.com backslash radio. So, um, so thank you again, Raina, for, for coming on and, and sharing about your path here and, and all the amazing work that you do out in, in the Pioneer Valley. And thank you for what you're doing and what you're bringing to the community because you bring so much yourself with all your Reiki work and all the free Valley Free Radio and just letting people know what's out there, how what they can access. The, these talks are so full-packed when I listen to them. I love them. They're so thank fun. You. You're yeah. welcome. You're welcome. I love them. You know, what, what can I say? So. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, have a great weekend, everyone, and be well.